Welcome to Millennial Z and Boomer X podcast. I am Boomer X and I'm Millennial Z. Thank you for joining us. And uh, you can see we have upgraded in our audio equipment. Uh, finally, the uh, headphones and microphone came in for me. So that'll be much easier on our listeners' ears, I am sure. Uh, and thank you for that, Millennial Z, because I had no idea what to pick out. <laughs> and uh, did a, I think did a great job. It's an outstanding microphone. Uh, and headset. Uh, but today we are talking about should illegal drugs be legal or legalizing all drugs. So that's what we're going to talk about in the next hour. And, you know, uh, a couple of countries have already done that. Um, and some European countries are very close to doing that. Not all of them. Um, however, uh, the possession thereof is legal, but um, and the, the countries I'm talking about were uh, Portugal and Paraguay. Uh, Portugal first legalized drugs. They passed a law in 2000. It was enacted in 2001, and everything was legal. I mean, up to and including black tar heroin. Um, that was not a crime. Um, and Initially, that was done because the spread of AIDS was so rampant and hepatitis, and it was killing people. It was done as a health concern, and they found out after conducting another study that after 10 years in 2010, that the drug use did not rise as uh, everybody or many people who were conservative and didn't wish to pass a law legalizing all drugs thought that it would have drug use would become rampant. It did not. It, it was unchanged. Uh, turns out people are going to take drugs. They're going to take drugs. They're not going to take drugs regardless. And the spread of disease uh, specifically linked to drug use dropped less than 10%. Um, uh, the, the AIDS and the hepatitis spread dropped off markedly. I mean, it, it's yeah. more than 10%. It's like 4% of what it was before. Uh, significant but there, improvement and yeah to, to say the least a significant improvement yeah however i just did find something that said that portugal is now considering um recriminalizing the distribution of drugs uh before i get everything goes uh, possession sale digital, everything um but now they're looking at the distribution or sale of drugs will be criminalized again um so that's where I'm confused. That's twenty I, over twenty years later, though they're just considering it now. Um, yeah, I, I I thought I read somewhere that they they still had distribution illegal. It was just the possession was sanctioned. No, for uh, from what I saw, that everything about it was legal. I mean, the the criminalization of it was if the government didn't get its tax money, they were gonna you know that was criminalized. Uh, but the actual um, just for having the drugs, it was not legal in any, in any form. Now, most countries now, um, that if you, if it's just possession, like I saw, uh, what is it? Um, uh, Spain right next door to Portugal and Europe. Um, the, uh, the chief, uh, police spokesman over there said last year in 2021, that if you're doing drugs in the privacy of your own home, that, that's not considered a crime. They don't, they don't know how that could be considered a crime. So that's far different than the United States and many other Western countries. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, and France 
has just instituted a treating treating it drug use as a health concern where you can go to certain medical centers and take your drugs and there's no judgment and medical personnel will give you clean needles they'll give you clean facilities a place to lay down and they will help you do it so and make sure yeah, everything's Portugal sterile. did that as well i remember yeah. that and rehab uh, sweden yeah. has done that as well where they, they yeah. make safe areas for these people to take now yeah that's um i have to tell you you know from my point of view growing up in the 60s and 70s that is a 180 degree about face almost more like 179 degree uh about face in the policy because i mean nixon started the war on drugs and created dea to stop uh illicit drug use and sales completely that was they deemed it out of control and the biggest threat uh to the united states as anything right up there with commun communism and drugs that was the two big things um <laughs> and and the funny thing is who started it and you say, oh, republicans started that figures but uh and i'm not a republican nor am i democrat i'm neither but the funny thing is fdr really started it and people want to pretend like it didn't happen in the 30s and uh had it shoved through as being regulated by the fda in 1933 um and this is soon after or maybe discussion it was it was later but anyway it was in it was in the early mid 30s and that was after prohibition was removed because that was a big failure and they knew that it should have been done through a constitutional amendment because adults can buy whatever they want i mean they used to sell right. cocaine over the counter you know at the drugstore uh you could go to the hardware store and buy dynamite then like i need two pounds of tnt oh here here you go um but that, you know, different time, of course. Good, good times. Yeah. Reason, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the thing of it is, um, they definitely considered it a constitutional issue about telling an adult what they could and couldn't put in their body. And that's why they passed the prohibition law in the 20s as a constitutional amendment. And he was told time and again by the Supreme Court, look, if you try to do this and they, it gets challenged, you're going to strike it down because it's not legal in the United States to tell people what they can take or not take. Yeah. That really brings into the sovereignty of the, of the individual where, Oh yeah. Uh, but of course that's glossed over now and pretended like that never happened or that wasn't an issue. But then FDR became so upset about being constantly blocked by what he wanted to make people do <laughs> and control other people's actions that he threatened to pack the Supreme court. He was going to change it from nine to, you know, 21 people and then have all his people appointed by him the remainder and he'd get past whatever he wanted to so they were like well you know we, we can see how you know we can interpret it in a way that because they were they were frightened of, of of being just relegated to nothingness and, and allowing that to happen so you know he played political games and they just started doing whatever he wanted and said yeah that's fine if the president wants to do that no it's fine if the president wants to knowing that it was strictly and always had been unconstitutional to do so and then all of a sudden they found that no after consideration and, and of course they all you know went to law school so they can write anything to back up what they what they right. want to say but you know and all of a sudden that's not an issue now they can create a new agency to tell people what they can and can't do you know and can and can't take or eat or anything like that um and there's nothing wrong with regulation i'm not 
talking about that. I'm talking about the stark constitutionality of making things not for sale uh, that were for sale and deemed to be okay unless abused. And it's up to the adult to consider whether or not it be abused. I'm not talking about, you know, dangerous things like glass and food. You know, of course, that's, a, that's an issue. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something. So that's where, yeah, that's where it becomes a gray line to me is like, well, fertilizer, you know, obviously can be used for explosives but i mean it's main well purpose you know that's be... a that's another thing and that and that's a separate issue for a separate day I mean, we're talking about you know illegal drugs uh deemed illegal by you know the authorities um but yeah you know they they made acid you know sulfuric acid and batteries oh that's a biohazard you know that was a fertilizer and all sulfuric acid was used in world war ii to make bombs it is not <laughs> It is not a biohazard. If it dumps in the ground, it becomes nitrogen to plants. That right. People have been lied to about that. And I find it funny because everybody knew that when I was a kid in a rural area, you know, just like nitric acid was a second one. Now they've tightly, re- they don't want people making bombs. That's why it's tightly regulated. It has nothing to do yeah. with it being a biohazard. It's a biohazard to people that other people want to blow up, I guess, if you want to drag it out that long. But it is not an endangered you know, a danger to the environment. Yeah, I think that's quite the, the opposite. The connection goes is, you know, you have one instance of they're trying to prohibit it to disallow people such ease of hurting others with intention. Sure, but it, and, that, but in and drug that's use, all fine. It's a, it's a different yeah. theory. Yeah. It's, it's only you that's really hurting well, yourself. Yeah, and, and you know, the thing of it is, I don't have an issue with it being legal or illegal. I have an issue with it being done properly by the very authorities who are supposed to follow the law. Mm. You know, if you want to make drug use illegal and you know it should have been done as a constitutional amendment, then do so. It's very simple. You know, have have a convention and make it so, just like you did with alcohol. You mean, you know, if you're going to say that just several years before you had to pass the constitutional law to make alcohol illegal and it was very common everybody could be made as made people had stills you know it's a simple thing to do and now all of a sudden you have something and you're going to say no nah, we don't need an amendment for that and it's another thing that's just another chemical compound that people can create you know from plants you know and distill down but you don't need a constitutional law for that obviously there's something wrong with that you know that yeah you know, people are people are playing political games rather than doing what they should do. And if it's a real problem for the country, you can easily get enough votes to pass a constitutional amendment. They just didn't want to be bothered. They didn't want to have to follow the very laws that they're supposed to uphold. And that's really what bothers me there. But well, speaking about, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's just it's typical of people who are in power and simply don't want to follow the very rules they want everybody else to follow, allegedly, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that that bothers me. Uh, and it bothers a lot of other people too. That's why you have other people don't have any respect for people in positions of authority because they don't walk yeah. the walk and talk the, the talk. You know? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that, the continued abuse and, and elitism and arrogance and all the other things that they do and the constant lying and corruption. Of course, that, and, and indicative of that is they continually ignore the laws while demanding that you follow them. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a, a clear indication that there's something going on. So <laughs> your main issue with drug use is illegality on it is the path they took to make it illegal instead of whether or not it should Initially, be Initially, <laughs> that, that, you're starting off on the wrong foot with that. You know, that's why I wanted to mention it, that, hey, they should have gotcha. done it the proper way and done that. You know, Nixon, you know, ramped it up by creating a new law enforcement agency 
specifically for drug use. Um, and when it was, you know, people doing grown people things, and most people use it recreation. I mean, in the 70s, drugs were everywhere. In the 80s, it got even worse, you know, and that's when they really ramped up, you know, militarization of the police because, oh, we're outgunned. Um, because he had people from other countries, especially with cocaine, bringing yeah, the cartel drugs in. Was and really the, you know, yeah, cartels in Mexico and Central America and South America in some instances. Um, and look, if you know, our in law enforcement, and I was briefly uh, in the mid 80s, but the thing of it is, um, it, the issue at that time was that's when they started civil forfeiture and ramped it up. And just basically, if they found drugs in a car, they simply seized the car and it became theirs. Uh, didn't matter if it was a passenger in the car and the driver had no knowledge of it. Didn't matter. You know, if they found it in a house, the house was seized and they paying government property and they auctioned it off. Didn't matter if it was, you know, from a previous owner and they just didn't find it because the other guys hid it well and they were stoned. And when they moved out as renters, you know, they couldn't. In fact, a lot of landlords lost their houses because they rented it out to drug runners and they just seized it and they were out of luck. You know, the evidence was nothing or and here's the thing, if, and they still do this today. Uh, they softened on up a, on that a little bit uh, because there was such an outrage. But even today, say you have cash because you're going to go buy a boat from somebody. This happened in Louisiana just last year. Going to buy a boat from somebody, and the guy wanted cash. It was an older guy, which is typical. And the guy has $12,000 in cash. He gets pulled over, and he's got it in a gym bag. No big deal. The top's open because... It's not illegal to have cash, you know, is there's no law against having cash. There is a law against smuggling cash out of the country. But this guy was driving down a highway, got pulled over for speed and cops saw the the stacks in the uh, gym bag. What's this for? He goes, oh, I'm going to buy a boat. He goes, where'd you get all this money? He goes, what do you mean where I got all this money? He goes, it's my money. You know, <laughs> um, I put it in a bag, you know, because the guy had a safe. He was a businessman. He got a good deal on a boat and did a lot of cat and he just stacked it up and kept it in a safe and even if he didn't you know the cop can ask questions nothing wrong with that that's their job but it's another thing like unless you know they're doing something illegal leave them alone you know if you yeah. if you deduce that if there are no laws being broken after your cursory you know roadside investigation you write them a ticket you want to make some field notes that's fine you know you you got the guy's uh, driver's license you know who he is you ran the plate did the quick little NCIC check. You know everything about him. There's If the guy checks out fine, it's time to wave bye-bye, have a nice day, and you leave the guy with a ticket. But no, he sees the money, and the guy protested and, and uh, didn't put his hands on him but started making threats. You know, it's my money and screaming and hollering. The guy, I was, you know, the uh, well, officer was in, then. Yeah, officer was in fear for his life. So he, you know, oh, just, of course. Yeah, so he clamped him down and uh, booked him, you know, for uh, public disturbance and threatening a public official and, uh, I think um, assault because he threatened, you know, he threatened to do different physical things to him. Although if he was really wanted to do it, he would have done it right there. You know, it was just him, right. him and that guy. He, he was just mouthing. And there's nothing wrong with charging him if the guy's getting, you know. But the thing of it was, you know, they had no, no evidence of a law being broken except speeding. Well, the, that's the thing is, and I know we're kind of going on a tangent here, but. You, you start harassing somebody to a certain point and then you put you book them because you've got a final reaction out of harassing them. You know, you're obviously. Yeah. 
and they do that on purpose. You, yeah, of course. And you're like, That's oh, you point. shouldn't do that to somebody. Well, no, you know, as an adult, um, you shouldn't have to tolerate being abused, period. You know, sure. but where do you draw that line and what it, what's the proper reaction? He said, well, the proper reaction was just to let him take his money and go. He said, cash, he would have pretended like he never saw it. He's like, what cash? He, he, in his mind, you know, it is like, that he made a big stink about it because he wanted to be arrested so that the money would have to be counted. He'd have to have a reason for booking him and pulling him over. The guy did it on purpose to say all mm-hmm. those things. So he'd have to be put in inventory because he was sure that the officer was just going to take that money mm-hmm. um, and never hear from him again. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you yeah. know, and, and it could have happened and there's nothing anybody could have done about it. And he knew it. So, but the thing is that civil forfeiture, which is still going on, um is greatly abused and there's some things they know about it now um and that is all made possible by the war on drugs which to me I, like i said i saw it growing up and i had people i knew friends i knew that died from drug abuse uh, and it's a horrible thing but here's the thing we know the greatest abuse of drugs that i can think of is in prisons and it's absolutely illegal to have drugs in prison. I mean, they have hundreds of ways to keep it out and it still gets in there. And right. if you want to get stoned in prison, you can get stoned in prison. So you're not going to keep people from it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. it, and Portugal said, you know, showed that if people want to get stoned, it's the same people, whether it's illegal or illegal, they're going to get stoned. It's just the kind of people they are. Well, there are, I've been reading a bit, is there are some statistics that drug use has been increasing despite even in relative use of the increase of, uh, you know, growth of population over the years. You know, the growth of population, say it's, you know, you 10%. Mean per capita, it's increased or raw yeah. numbers? Well, per capita and raw numbers. And raw numbers, right. So say, you know, 2010 to 2019, I believe it was like a 22% increase, despite the population increase, you know, was from there was 10%, you know, something like that to where okay. obviously there is more people than, than just a, a wider audience being involved. It's actually more per capita are also getting into drug use. Now to say whether or not it's hard drugs or if it's, you know, that's causing more deaths that's another issue. Well, yeah, you know, with the uh, marijuana laws being repealed all over the country, except the feds, of course, but state laws, the state's not pursuing them at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's most of the convictions at the, is at the state and local level. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can, I, it depends on how they count it, but I would assume that if it's not illegal, they're not going to include that as illicit drug use. But if it's a it's a federal study, they're going to include it. So naturally, it's going to go up because it's made legal in those states. Well, this is this is UN. And so it's, it's a global it's a global count. Is yeah. I mean, what are, what are they including? Right. Are they include marijuana use or they are including cannabis, but they, they section it out to where, you know, opiates and yeah, so but on if, and so forth. If they're using these broad terms like it's going up 22 percent, that sounds like they're including every possible thing so that, yeah they're mar- using yeah i would agree marijuana use is inclu- is going up exponentially you know mm-hmm. in the last 10 years simply because it's legal um mm-hmm. and people don't have the stigma on it they used to there's no more there's no more reefer madness if you saw that <laughs> if you saw that movie they if they made you watch it even when you're a kid you can find it on youtube i think but they made me watch it when i was a kid and it was absolutely ridiculous not only was it ridiculous, it was racist, and it was <laughs> it was a host of other insane things. But let you know, this is the kind of thought process from the people in charge 
that don't want you to do something. They will tell you any story they can to frighten you into doing what they want. And again, this is in the 50s, so it wasn't very sophisticated. But they're no different now. They're just much more sophisticated, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it would, yeah, it it would, it would cause you to be all kinds of a criminal, not just, you know, somebody who smoked weed, but somebody who would do anything to smoke more weed, you know, mm-hmm. and twisted your brain and, uh, yeah, made you, <laughs> made you. I, I I can't even get into it because it's it's so crazy. You just have to go look it up on YouTube, Reefer Madness, and uh, I think it's uh, black and white. Um, I don't think they colorize it and it's just ridiculous. Um, right. Well, yeah. And I agree with cannabis use if that's put into it, which it was, but they, they sectioned it out pretty well. Um, but I mean, at the end of the end of the day, there, there is an increase in amount of deaths of a hundred thousand now has hit per year, 2021, hundred thousand people in America died from overdose. Well, I don't know of anybody overdosing from marijuana. Uh, definitely not what i'm saying is that drug use is is still you know it's still a risk yeah i know heroin's becoming uh popular again i hear it from some uh, you know old law enforcement buddies and uh things like that methamphetamine yeah every uh, meth's always been big man it's just now it's getting the coverage you know Uh, that's why you can't buy cold medicine unless you show your driver's license getting a put in a book which is another ridiculous thing to me um but (laughs) that you know i just have a cold you know they're not and apparently they get groups together and it doesn't work anyway all you're doing is inconveniencing people who aren't doing this to make drugs you're not stopping people who actually make drugs and you're like well we don't want to make it easy for them it's not easy for them but they're going to find a way to do it so stop bothering everybody else who isn't doing it i guess that's the approach is 99 of the people yeah they're going to find a way to do it and it's probably going to be unsafe because they're not going to have prescribed means yeah, so you're 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 Crazy quite dosages. literally thwarting your own goal and creating more problems from your nonsensical uh, laws and regulation. It's not even a law. It's just like, well, the pharmacies voluntarily decided to do it. They voluntarily decided to do it because you were going to fine them and pull their licenses if they didn't, based on some obscure regulation. That's not voluntary. That's a compulsion, and it's illegal. But nobody wants to fight it because they don't want to be seen as that guy because they'll be branded as promoting illicit drug use and manufacture which we all know is nonsense they just don't want to have to hire more people keep more records and do things not related to what they're there for which is yeah. providing you know medicine to people who are sick um you know it's your job to catch the criminals it's not theirs you know it's <laughs> but you know if they really want to do it they have enough of a budget and and that's the other thing um i saw a harvard law study in 2010 that said, if they stopped the war on drugs as we know it now, that they would save $76 billion a year in the United States. Oh, yeah. The amount of money being pushed into this stuff is insane. You know, and that's including law enforcement at every level. It's also including incarceration rates. And yeah, I'm sure narcotics departments are getting all medical types of stuff. Yeah. Right. And, you know, wh- one thing Portugal showed is drug use stayed the same, but the medical costs associated went down dramatically, not just from the diseases, but also they weren't getting OD because they weren't getting bad. They didn't have to worry about cutting it so much and trying not to get caught and using different illicit substances to do other things. So it changes the complexion of it entirely. Um it's hard to imagine, not to mention they spent not a dollar 
on incarceration because it wasn't illegal. You right. know, so they had actually bad people in there instead of uh, goofballs who wanted to get high. They actually had RPEers in there, uh, murderers in there, uh, thieves, robbers in there, um, violent people. You, you know, know, but I did see they did, and this is very interesting. They didn't go into details. Is Portugal did a program, and I can't remember the name of the program. It was some little snazzy program name where they were offering syringes for the prisoners. And of the six months that the program was in, no, not a single prisoner used the syringes that were offered. That's weird. I find that very weird. So obviously, there either was some type of there was some type of drawback for you for for saying that you're going to take these syringes for drug use. Yeah, That's the maybe. Only I could see why they were doing that. They wouldn't right. do it. Maybe. There had to be some uh, catch. Yeah, well, they thought there was some catch. I'm not saying there was or there wasn't, but. Yeah, maybe they thought they would be registered as a drug user and be tracked and, you know, and be tagged and they didn't want that to happen. So they right. never were going to take it from those people. I can see that because then you're automatically put in a this is a drug user program on a national database and they're never going to you're never going to get off of it. So they were yeah. they weren't they weren't going to out themselves as doing that. Right. Uh, I think that forced rehabilitation that we talked right. about before. If, uh, you know, if, if somebody thinks they're going to have forced rehabilitation that they don't want to have to go through, they're not going to claim that they're doing that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's the wrong approach is forced rehabilitation, because I highly doubt that's very successful rates on that, because people aren't going to do, you know, yeah. what I mean? they have to be willing to come to do it. We've talked about that, and you cannot force someone to help themselves who refuses yeah. to do so. You can't right. do it. You, you can't even help somebody. You can help them, but all you're doing is helping them get worse. You, mm -hmm. You're actually being an enabler and they're going to just take it to the nth degree because now they can, they don't have any consequences. What you did was remove the consequences and made it so they can get deeper in their problem. Um, if you help them. So help them if you know somebody desperately needs it and desperately wants it. And I mean, desperately, I don't mean like they just feel a little bit of suffering and pain. And right. I know that sounds uncharitable and I'm, and I'm really not that way, but I know because I've seen people many, many times and I've been there in different ways, not through drugs myself, but you know, if you get helped immediately when somebody goes, Hey, you know, I'm having a little trouble and everybody shows up to do something. They never really experience what making a mistake is like. They don't know what error they made and they don't yeah. know why they made it and they don't know how to avoid it. So when somebody has those realizations, then and desperately wants it, then help them. You know? Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way hard enough on them for them to yeah. realize the value. Yeah. If they realize, hey, I I have to stop, or I can't continue this way, or I'm going to die, mm -hmm. um, then then help them. But if they don't want it, even at that level, if they don't want it, give them medical attention, and that's really all you can do because if they need it because they're going to go right back to it some people yeah. are just going to do it no matter what and yeah. i'm not saying just write them off what i'm saying is be careful about how what kind of help you offer and when and how much um yeah. because i think that extreme approach is conditional for drug use mostly because uh, i think some other situations could cause that i think the same approach can be even taken towards you know gambling 
into a certain extent as and I, and that's what makes me question why they treat gambling the way they do in America comparatively to drugs because it's essentially the same habitual pathology you know you're you're cheating and lying behind people to grab money out of them you know you're you're causing yourself to be in more and more debt losing everything you had nobody likes you anymore nobody's going to talk to you no, you can't get a job because you're so far in the in the debt pool you don't have anything. You know what I mean? Well, that's because you're riding off that endorphin and hormonal dump, adrenaline dump high from mm -hmm. gambling. So it's the same type of effect on your body and mind. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not illegal. Um, right. And that's what I'm asking. Why is it not illegal? And why do they approach it towards now I see gambling casinos, they have call this number and we'll get you help if you have a gambling issue. In most states, that's required. All the ones I'm aware yeah. of is required to have help if somebody sees that and go, I do need help. I've just gambled away the mortgage and mm -hmm. my kids need shoes, you know, mm -hmm. that type of thing. And, and you know, I, with drugs. <laughs> you know, I said I wasn't going to say, you know, and I've caught myself in the last four times in two minutes <laughs> saying it. So I have to stop because there's really no reason. It's just a conversational lead in and mm -hmm. it's an unconscious thing. So I, I apologize for saying that. But the thing of it is, um, yeah, you know, why is that? Well, the look at, like I said, in junkies in, in the 70s were looked at as subhuman. I'm telling you what i know people mm -hmm. talked about it made fun of it and and everybody agreed even the most liberal of liberals back then thought junkies needed help but something was wrong with them mm -hmm. you know you, you couldn't trust them because they would rob you blind um, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't let them sleep in the house because you don't know what they would do i mean it was certainly an issue and it happened just like that people knew it because people were much more um family like people were friendlier back then there was more violent crime from people who would do that sort of thing but from people who weren't that way people were much friendlier back then you could immediately make a friend it's much more difficult in my mind to make a friend nowadays and not because i'm older just because society's different and culture's different they've pounded in our heads about you know people being dangerous and all this stuff and most people aren't dangerous or the world couldn't work right you know? but people were just different. So when they knew you had an obvious drug issue and it was out of control, you, you could not command it or make it just a simple recreational thing. People did not look at you as being trustworthy and treated you that way. Um, but there's gotta be some type of, I mean, truth with that because they do, they, they do steal because they're trying to get money and they don't have any other means to get money besides to grab it. From right. You can't hold a job because nine times out of 10, they're not showing up for work because they're all strung right. out. Mm -hmm. um or you know working cuts into their drug taking mm -hmm. um so <laughs> you know uh you know you can't think straight so you can't keep a job uh, yeah. and it, it becomes apparent very very quickly no matter how unskilled or thoughtless of a job you have you have to show up and you have to be able to do menial tasks and follow instructions and if you're taking drugs on any consistent basis those things aren't going to happen. That's not even going into the personality traits. I'm thinking with just the just the the brief encounter you have with a drug a drug abuser, you immediately say, "Oh, this person has psychosis, most likely." You know, crippling anxiety issues. They're paranoid all the time. Oh, you know? when they're far gone, yeah. When they're yeah, and, yeah. and that's what I'm going at. Is like it's easy to see them as subhuman because they really are 
Something's wrong with them. There, there, right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of things going on with them that's well, not normal. And my thing is, we know this happens to people when they get strung out on drugs and they can't break it. It becomes a habit and they need rehab. Uh, mm-hmm. They need assistance on various levels. But should they be legal? Um, I'm going to say, even my boomer ex self, yes. Yeah. Uh, they should because we waste far too many resources. We've twisted the laws. We've made our government and law enforcement hostile to the very people they're supposed to be working with and helping. Um, We've shown it's a failure. We've been waging this war on drugs for many decades and we haven't won. Yeah. So what, what are we, what are we doing? Look at the casualties. It's ruined lives. You say, well, drugs ruin lives too. I promise you law enforcement has ruined just as many lives going after people who really needed help. If, even, to, if it's even less, though, it didn't help anything. No, it wouldn't have changed anything. It so you just caused damage, and it wasted taxpayer money. Right. You know, and we had a society before they passed all these laws. People, you know, so mm-hmm. obviously, society to me is much less kind uh, than it was prior to that. Uh, we waste far too many tax dollars on the militarization of police as a direct result of the drug mm-hmm. war. Um, there's all sorts of issues with that that has happened that people just accept the propaganda, the money they spent on propaganda to tell you how bad drugs were was unbelievable. And it's happened. They, I know uh, another said the same Harvard study said from the time they've started waging the war on drugs, they spent over a trillion dollars to get rid of drugs and they haven't had a single success. In fact, they're losing. It's going backwards. Marijuana yeah. is legal. That used to be a felony everywhere. Yeah. You know, if you had uh, a, any decent amount of possession of marijuana, not just distribution, but possession of marijuana used to be a felony in many I states. suppose the, I mean, you can have for to be the devil's advocate in this situation, a lot of the argument towards it is gang violence relations towards drug distribution and territories. You know, you a know, lot of that system and economic and I said system it again, my apologies. Gang violence isn't legal anywhere. You don't need another right. law for that. Yeah. And, and yeah. It's, only, it's only possible because what they're doing is illegal. So they have to rely upon themselves. They can't call the police like a shop owner and say, hey, I just had a kilogram of cocaine stolen. You guys <laughs> need to help me. So they have to take things into their own hands and right. be ruthlessly brutal to make sure other people who are also violating the law don't rob them blind because they're trying to feed people who are desperate too. remember your customer is a junkie who's taken an illegal substance so everybody's resorting to these desperate measures and it's creating this gang violence issue to me now i'm not saying that yeah i think that's the same thing where the mafia came in from prohibition act you know Exactly right. With, you know, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Right. And as soon as they it's, made it it's, legal, it's the, you can get it. We can get yeah. it in Louisiana and Texas at the grocery store. There are no, you know, ABC stores and those two. You can get it anywhere. And it's not a problem. You don't see people riding up in a Model T with uh, Tommy guns shooting each other <laughs> for barrels of booze, you know, and uh, trying to escape from Johnny Law in the back roads at midnight. Why? Because it's totally legal. And in fact, I know the state and federal governments are heavily dependent upon that tax money, which they could be receiving 
if they made it legal. From drugs. Yes. Right. Right. That's where it goes. Is to, it would go the opposite. This, Instead but, of spending, okay. you know, almost $100 billion a year on fighting drugs and incarcerating people who use it and making it a crime, why don't you make money? Not only would you not spend that money, but you would probably gain, let's say, half the same amount on the taxation of making it legal. Technically, they do that regular. already with, with Adderall and, you know, some other whatever oxycodone right. and stuff like that where they they have these legal essentially the same thing drug where it's cocaine or or heroin but it's but it's put under a different name right. and they ph pharmaceutically over counter medically, well, medically adderall if i'm not mistaken i don't do it is simply pharmaceutical grade meth yep so yeah you know it i said it again my bad uh it is <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to catch myself. So I it's riddled. It's, it's already done. You might have. Yeah, but I'm, I'm really trying to stop myself. I'm going to try to get you to do it too, because there's no reason to say it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adderall is simply pharmaceutical grade meth and approved. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're, there are different ways to do it. They could create another agency from all the tax money they're going to create and regulate it and allow more pharmacists to be out there to spread it without having doctor intervention. You know, you, I say it again, my bad. If you have a bad tooth and you need to wait to go into the dentist's office, why do you need a doctor's prescription to get laudanum for your aching tooth before you can see a dentist and before the antibiotics kick in, or you have to go see a dentist to get that when your pain is now and dental pain is some of the worst one, or if you get right. a rock in your eye, which happened to me when I was weed eating and my glasses fell off and a rock went in my eye, the pain was pretty severe. And I've had multiple broken bones and they were nothing compared to that rock hitting my cornea. Mm -hmm. And I had to go to the doctor. My eye would not stop weeping and it was starting to swell up a little bit. And he put two drops of something in my eye and it magically was gone. Turns out later, the doctor told me it was liquid cocaine and it's tightly <laughs> regulated. And he had to account for every drop he used and put my name wow. attached to it and all this for follow-up from the DEA. And that's fine, but that shouldn't be necessary. He no. is a doctor. Now I know doctors abuse drugs, but they have databases that check that. If you have a doctor who's abusing drugs or prescribing them, unfairly or improperly it becomes readily apparent as opposed to other doctors who do the same thing all the time it spikes up there's no way you can explain it so all this stuff is truly a waste of resources and harassing people who are doing which is 99 percent of the people harassing the people who are doing fine and using it as it should be used right they're treating everybody as if they are a junkie essentially which and People should resent a little bit and hold people to task for it. I think that that's part of the layer going back to the incentivization towards the seizing of assets was to pay for this drug on this war on drugs was. Well, they had to pay for all the personnel they put on a street, and right, all the equipment so and resources and you all had to that. Seize more things. You had to get these people's, you know, sweet, sweet Rolls Royce they bought from whatever what? <laughs> means they got it. If, if they didn't do that, then it wouldn't be an issue. And if they regulated it, then they could use tax money and they wouldn't have to pay oh, all yeah. this money to, in, to incarcerate everybody that they suddenly deemed a criminal and use all these resources to catch these people. 
yeah I, I'm, I'm showing the compound effect of having oh yeah, yeah. laws is that it becomes more you cause more issues even more issues you cause right. more incentivizations to cause more problems because you need to fund this well how do we fund it well, they should be self-sustaining. Well, how do they become self-sustaining? Let's just seize their assets because they're criminals anyway. Who cares right. what they do? And the asset, the asset seizure or asset forfeiture is done without due process. It's on the spot, and you have to initiate court proceedings to get it back, although they have no evidence it was tied due to any mm-hmm. illegal crime, you know, usage. None. It's taken right there, and it's gone. And even then... The guy I talked about received a ruling that it was unfairly taken, illegally taken. And you and know what happened to those people? Nothing. Not only that, he still doesn't have his money because now they can't find it. Oh, of course. Somebody of course. just, yeah, just $12,000 in cash just wandered off and they can't account for it. It was already spent. Somebody else already stole it. And now they can't account for it. And like I said, he knew that was a possibility why he pitched a fit and they made him, he made him arrest him because he wanted he wanted to be able to go with his money and track it, made sure there was documentation of why it was taken. And he turned out to be right. Now, this is years later. He has spent almost as much money getting his money back as he had in the first place. Of course. And they said, yep, it was illegally done. Need to give it back. And even then, he hasn't gotten it back. And nothing done to the people who quite literally stole his money. And they stole his money under the guise of authority, which is a a corruption and a federal crime in and of itself, but I haven't heard of anything happening to anybody over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nothing's going to happen to them. I'm sure they committed all types of crimes to cause all of that to happen and nothing's ever going to happen to them. Well, I wouldn't say nothing ever, but you know, uh, people don't, don't want to, they, he just wanted to make sure that Not everybody was aware. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was aware of it and this can't continue, you know, um, this kind of stuff, you know, unfortunately, is why they have to make sure that you don't have any weapons when you go into the courtroom because <laughs> because <laughs> um, this kind of stuff happens and people people lose it, you know, under all that pressure all these years. Uh, fortunately, he was a well-to-do person. But if that was somebody's life savings, you know. Oh, yeah. Twelve thousand is nothing to snuff at. That's yeah, even nowadays. And you know, yeah. this is a few years ago, but. You know, it could have been somebody who's like, I need this for my business. If I don't have this, I'm going belly up. It would be a domino effect of repercussions. Yeah. That could maybe he's into maybe he's in a boat flipping business and that was his first big cut and you just ruined it for him, you know? Yeah, he was gonna turn it into something else and turn it but but now that's not a possibility. Uh, people mm-hmm. do yeah, but what gets me is nothing happened. Uh, but that just shows you how when you have that much money flowing around corruption's all too easy because nobody like doctors everybody knows who the bad doctor is but nobody's going to say you should step down you should go away because nobody same thing you know in law enforcement way worse in law enforcement i think it's (laughs) rampant law everybody knows who the bad cop is but he's still still one of us yeah so they're not going to do it um so you know it's i said it again my bad (laughs) <laughs> it's something it's something that shouldn't happen but people need to stand up one of the things i should do is just when you something somebody does something you do like that guy and just don't lay down for it just keep bringing it up don't go away take it through the proper channels and don't let it go away make everybody aware of it you possibly can talk to attorneys talk to foundations talk to other uh, programs that can help you and file 
as many suits as you can to make this and, and file it personally. I know they're not held personally responsible, but they are if they do something illegal. They're not if they are acting in the course of their duties, but not if they're not. So make sure you cover every angle and everybody I'm, should do it. And I'm wondering on his end, because I don't have the context, really. I didn't see, I, you know, I, if there is a recording, hopefully there is, I can see it. But if if he took, if he escalated himself, knowing how it might play out, I know we're going back into the uh, victim blaming discussion again, but maybe knowing that could possibly pan out that way, maybe you should just take that harassment because you have less power. You know, you you can't just no, say whatever if he you want would to the guy. Have, he would have lost that money and nobody would have ever known about it. And if likely. they have no reason to arrest him, you know, whereas in, oh, I'm, oh, you got me for speeding. Okay, officer, here's my license registration. Here's everything. Well, he oh, did all that. that. Right. The, the, what's, what's that money for? Oh, I'm going to go buy a boat. Oh, are you sure? You know, yes, I'm sure. And I, I guess trying no. to be as... It's like, where'd you get all that? He goes, well, I you know, own a business. I keep cash, you know? So, you know, he said, you have a receipt for it? Why would I have a receipt for it? It's my money. Right. You know, you have the whole... And I said it again. You have this whole thing about he's done nothing wrong. You don't know he's did anything wrong. You, he's not doing anything wrong, except that speeding ticket you just issued. You know who he is. You've taken his... You run his background. You've taken all his information. It's time to let him go. If you think he's doing something illegal, then you investigate after. You turn it over to detectives or state police or whatever you need to do. This was a, a local parish slash county uh, police officer. So, you know, it, ugh, I said it again. <laughs> he is somebody that simply was doing nothing wrong, did everything right, got the ruling, and he still can't get his money. And my point is, the war on drugs is what allowed this to occur and it should never happen. Everybody should be angry about it. That's a side effect that's been taken to the nth degree. Like I said, landlords have lost their homes, which they were using because the rentor was a drug user. Uh, people have lost their cars, jewelry, other things, because without evidence at all, other than they found some drugs somewhere, okay then obviously you had a reason to be there. You had a warrant. What makes you think it's their drugs? And if it is, then you obtain possession of that after the conviction because you, nothing's been done yet to show that well, how, that how are you showing is guilty. Right. How are you showing he bought those jewelry with that money from drugs? What's, where is the point? Where's the, that, you know, where's the dots to point to that? That's been taken care of in the language of the law. That's not even necessary anymore. So right. that's a whole other issue. I'm talking about the lack of due process and seizing, seizing property. Mm -hmm. um, that's a whole separate thing. But more importantly, I think it should be treated as a health issue and not a law enforcement issue. Yeah, I think and, that's the, the right approach. And I think that's what a lot of more and every country, country that towards. has done it germany norway same thing if it's simple possession no issues they don't even bother you about it mm -hmm. it has to be over a certain amount which varies between like six and ten grams of any illicit substance i think denmark had it as over 10 doses of something you don't have a prescription for no matter what it was uh, so that's I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't, I don't do enough to know how that is, 
but that's simply letting you know that they don't see that as a big an issue as the U.S. does. And they don't waste their resources, nor do they militarize their police, nor do they make their local governments hostile to the individuals that they're supposed to be serving and working yeah. with. I think that's all right approaches. My, my concern is the real concerns of, you know, there's actual deaths and actual families being destroyed because of drugs. And that's irrefutable. You can't. That's that's a thing that happens. And that's how to true. change that. I don't, I don't think they're doing enough. I think culture change is a big part of what they need to start approaching towards. I don't but, disagree with you at all. I know, you know, poverty-stricken areas are the but most they have to get, use abuse yes, drugs. But they have so. to get past the first thing before they can properly address the second thing. You can't help the family once you've kicked them out of their house, taken all their yeah. possessions and money, <laughs> and thrown the, thrown the parents into prison for the next five years. How are you helping the kids? Oh, we're removing them from that environment. You could have done that anyway. Mm -hmm. And then you could have cleaned up the parents and could have left them. You could have cost the state a lot more, less money by handling them in a much more compassionate way. Right. And had a better effect and not made those kids hate you and made those parents utterly dependent upon the government and wards of the state and wasted all those resources investigating, Mm -hmm. going through the process of court incarceration putting the kids in foster care making the state pay could have cleaned them up and the parents could be taken for them and still with their kids and shown yeah. as a better like i said until you think differently and take that option off the table of making it an absolute uh, law enforcement problem you can't know how to act properly right yeah i think that is the first step for sure I, i'm just i'm just wondering why you know Portugal's 20 years into this, 22 years, and that's did in 2000. And for some reason, they really haven't progressed in their means of, of attacking this drug issue. They have. Because they still have a drug issue. Like, right. They, the whole world has a drug issue. Right. Well, my point is, and what I, what I said before, is they do. And every country is going to have one simply because human beings. Yes. Some people are going to do it no matter what, and you can't stop them. And you're going to have that as an issue. So you might as well figure out how to deal with it rather than... I think the biggest, I mean, from what I'm looking at, the biggest change of drug use per capita dependent on country is the economic base. You know, how many people are actually living in slums comparatively? Less people living in slums, less people abuse drugs is is the correlation I'm seeing over and over again. So besides just obvious economic improvement. Many people do drugs just to escape the the right. despair of their lives that's understandable but again that's a philosophical you know consideration for the use of it i'm talking about the legalization of it mm-hmm. so until you take off law enforcement from uh, as an option you, they're never going to be treated properly the only t- only countries where it drops and diseases stop spreading and the use itself seems to not go worse is in countries where it's not draconingly illegal, meaning they, they just clamp down on you like the U.S. The U.S., and there are a few other kind of like Turkey and, and a few other uh, Singapore, Asian countries that if they catch you with anything, they just throw you away forever. I kill you <laughs> in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, uh, death yeah. Penalty. And, yeah, death penalty. And of course, that's such a degree that nobody wants to break. It's so severe that nobody wants to go there with it. 
uh, Philippines and other and other countries same way if they catch you with it it's going to be dire indeed but it's done immediately to everyone so mm-hmm. that that's a different thing in the u.s it seems to be fuzzy you know how, how do these rich people always seem to have cocaine available you know right and uh, it's yeah, kind of winked you, at and laughed about right 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 that seems to be the issue if they're going to clamp down on it clamp down on it but we always seem to have this middle road approach which seems hypocritical at best and (laughs) (laughs) um elitist at worst which creates other problems and is a symptom of corruption which is a whole other issue especially when you know the cia used drugs to fund black ops it's been known the iran contra affair you know uh, I said it again, Central American countries that they were using uh, to send uh, money and other things. They were selling drugs from the same countries and bringing it back to them. And they were dumping it in the U.S. We had military personnel doing this, CIA operas. It's in, you can do Google searches and find this out. It's not a secret. It's just come yeah, out. Public documentation. It is out there. And my point is that would not have been possible had it all been legal. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't have gotten the funding that way otherwise. It, it could have been all above board and proper tax money and congressional votes on it or uh, simple presidential executive orders if it was mission oriented and that kind of thing. You know, legal authorization. Instead, it was done in a corruptive manner. So that I find it funny your approach to it is very libertarian conservative, which is, of course, <laughs> mine as well, but to a degree on the uh more of a left-leaning side i think they're going into you know your i didn't think that way when i was younger i only think that way now because i have seen how it goes inevitably you can't make people do something Uh, all you can do is educate them more and make them more comfortable about it Uh, i have seen that no matter what you do you will have people who use drugs abuse them and die from it you will have people who neglect their families because of drugs and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So why don't you remove the demonization from it? That way you can be aware of it and catch it when it's just a social problem and, and, and cite it as a social problem rather than a drug law enforcement problem. And that's what I'm saying. As long as people think, and it's tough to just drop that veil, it's tough to go, this is no longer a law enforcement problem. We're going to treat this entirely different. This option is no longer on the table. When that's removed, you have to begin to think creatively and positively to remove it. And that's why I think that. Now, if you'd have asked me this 30 years ago, I would not have been speaking this way. Uh, only through having watched the court system over the decades, watched other people uh, be abused, go through the system, kids suffer, people losing everything, people go into prison for very long times and they harmed no one uh, all to make a buck or because they had simple thing that to me is more outrageous uh, people being killed because they were simply got the wrong address on a no-knock warrant that happens more often than people want to admit and that's straight up murder i mean they've been watching that house for a while how could you get the wrong number being in the wrong house you've been watching that how, how did that happen nothing nothing done about it 
There's nothing to see here. I move along. That kind of stuff won't happen because it's not an option. Remove that. Uh, again, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for just making it uh, a better place to live for everybody and, and try to find a real solution. Because like I said, it is very clear that the criminalization of drugs is not a solution. It hasn't worked. And in, in fact, it's, it's failed because it's gone backwards. More drugs are legal now than they were then. And you're, now you're telling me that drug use has gone up in the last few years. And it's still just as criminal, except for uh, marijuana. So why is that? Because people are going to be people. So let's find other solutions to take care of it. And yeah. stop wasting money and stop harassing and abusing people and letting people get away with it who are in positions of authority just because they're in positions of authority. They should be held to greater tasks, not less tasks because they're in positions of authority. But again, that's me. Yeah, it solves a lot of the issues of the overdose one as well because you can start regulating people. Same thing of having alcohol in the bar. You know, yeah, you have the a stigma, brand name. Right, the stigma of getting somebody in trouble is removed. So you'll naturally want to help get help for these people sooner because, oh, we can't talk about it because he'll be arrested because he's a illegal drug user. He wouldn't be a legal drug user. He'd just be somebody who made a mistake and is a drug abuser and needs help. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot less, a lot less, um, condemning people of yep. terrible things for yep. it. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I said, a lot instead less of breaking families apart, crazy using, things, right. Instead of using resources to tear families apart, you would use resources to keep families together. That's a completely opposite approach. And that's what I'm advocating for mm -hmm. or even teen stupid teenagers who get in over their heads because they're still kids and, and start abusing drugs and realize they don't have any control over it. Then, you know, you deal with them as a patient instead of a criminal, because if you throw them in prison, you haven't kept them from any drugs. And now you've just created a position for them where they're now a felon for the rest of their lives or have a criminal record, even if it's a misdemeanor, but now they're branded as a criminal drug user. Who's going to hire them? Right. Yeah, you just ruin their lives. Yeah, you just remove that. You just remove it. It's not an option anymore. So yeah. now they can, if they, they can get themselves back together and move forward and realize, man, I can't do that anymore. It really makes my life miserable. And I'm the only one making it miserable is me. Right. You know, everybody else is trying to help me. So again, now help them when they need help, when it's apparent, you know, but not before then, not running to them as soon as you see somebody doing something foolish. Don't call everybody on it because then they'll just resent it and it'll they'll go down the path even farther to prove how wrong you were and they can keep control of it you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. that that could people just do that they rebel because everybody's trying to oh, i got this no you do it when it's obvious that they need help and they need and they want help because they're spiraling out of control until then they're just a few just uh, a foolish recreational user yeah, and not to even condemn recreational use, I can even see, you know, there's actual responsible people who use cocaine. I've met them, you know, genuinely. I didn't know they were a cocaine user, and I'm like, you do cocaine? More people, like, more people use yeah. drugs than other people would imagine. Yeah. Uh, I found that out in the 80s, too. That's when it hit its heyday, uh, cocaine use in the 80s. So, and crack use in the 90s, of course, then it became so bad that people would give up their families and do anything for another hit of crack. It hits you entirely differently when you're inhaling the fumes <laughs> as opposed oh, sure. to snorting the powder. It, it's an unbelievable spike 
apparently, and you become addicted very, very quickly. So that's why the penalties are greater uh, because it would ruin lives so quickly. But again, if they did not make it a crime and made it a health issue, it would have been handled entirely differently. And all those people would not be serving those long sentences and be branded as people who can't be trusted. Simply. I don't even think, I mean, we're going into crack being more um, reprimandable. I think that was large part due race, racist law enforcement of more sure. black people using it became, crack. It became a racist thing for sure because it, it seems like the black community promoted crack use more than any other community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, if it you divide the, it by a race, but it the was thing the it, government enforced it in there. They put it in there. They the CIA it in did there. shove it in there. That's, they yeah. had to sell it to somebody. So yes, that certainly so, was an issue. It's crazy, uh, but because they were the ones selling it. So you're not going to try to, you know, I said it again. You're not going to try to have me sell your crack cocaine when I want to have nothing to do with it. You're going to give it to the people who you know are going to sell it. So mm-hmm. it was a self-fulfilling self-fulfilling prophecy but it became a race issue when it was apparent that one particular race was selling it more than any other and being locked up for it more than any other although it certainly was i'm not saying white teens weren't doing it too it was simply not as prevalent of certainly not raw numbers nor per capita so it was looked at differently but you i have no doubt you still had racist pushing that line so that's all we saw i just you know they weren't yeah. arrested so we don't know it could that's another be the variable issue. you know it's more affordable than cocaine so the impoverished are more likely to get their hands on it because they can afford it so and then the blacks were more likely to be impoverished so that correlation probably a lot too and you sell well. it to people you know M- mm-hmm. most people know people more people in their own race than they do in others I mean, yeah of course it's just that's just the way uh people work mm-hmm. in general so there you are But next week, we are going to talk about how our relationships with pets and animals have changed in the last 40 years or since I was a kid and uh, since you're an adult and we're a kid. Uh, It is considerable. So that's going to be podcast seven. I want to thank you for listening and please join us for a future podcast. And I'm Boomer X, and this is Millennial Z. And we'll talk to you later. I appreciate it. Please like and subscribe if you see us on YouTube. Take care.